0: What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Dimling here with y'all as always. Week one of the college class season isn't quite wrapped up yet as we're recording this on Saturday night. We do have two games on Sunday Bellman at St. Bonaventure and Colgate in Hobart. Two games on Sunday. If anything interesting happens, though, we'll get to that. On Tuesday's show, but a lot to talk about tonight as the first truly full full Saturday has come to an end of a lot of those games being at the same time, another year, another year of complaining about scheduling times in college across all your good games are Noon to one, practically the weekend. But I will say this, hey, this time next week we will be enjoying and I'm recording this at seven thirty at night here on on, on Saturday night, February tenth here in beautiful Oval Kentucky. This time next week we will have or we will be watching Syracuse and Maryland. So thank you for that. That won't be on ESPNU biggest game. I'd say of next week, all the biggest game of next week uh, that we have for, for what will be you know, week two of the College of Cross season, uh, Syracuse and Maryland, next week, 6 p.m. ESPNU. hallelujah! Thank you for that. Uh, finally get some time in between great games. Still, most, most of the games will be noon, one, twelve thirty, But, hey, at least we get one night game, one, you no. Know, night game blockbuster type thing. I mean, I love college football. You can sit on the couch from eleven AM to well heck, you know, nine AM or whenever the college game day starts until, you know, midnight, one AM, depending on on if Hawaii is playing uh, at home or away and watch football all day long. Now we don't have as many teams, as many time zones to do that with us, but still, if we could please get noon to like six or seven thirty at night would be fantastic. Would be fantastic. Very difficult to watch all these games, and very difficult to see all these games and follow all these games at once, which is why I try not to do that as best as I can. But it is so tempting to do so. Check into all these different games today. I was mostly watching that Virginia Michigan game. The uh, Cavaliers really, I would say, taking it to Michigan in this one there in Charlottesville. Beautiful day out there in Charlottesville. It looked like uh, some rainy conditions or whatever. Saw some guys slipping early, uh, but really good crowd on hand. I think it was, let me check real quick. I'd written this down my notes on here, um, 3,969 there at Klockner Stadium today. Great crowd on hand for this one. Uh, Number three, Virginia takes down number 11, Michigan. 19 to 11. Great game for Virginia. Great game for Virginia. And we'll talk about that here in a second. I do want to mention this, though. Michigan loses this game eleven to uh, nineteen to eleven. Excuse me. Michigan loses this game nineteen to eleven. This is a game where they trailed at one point. I think it was what ten or you know, nine to two, uh, something of that like at at, at halftime. Let me pull up This box for you, real quick. That they, they they trailed significantly at, at 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 a point in this game. Yeah, ten to three at halftime, but. I'll say this. It didn't feel like it was a 10-3 to game. Um, even when it, like, when it was 5-1, 6-1, whatever it was, it didn't feel like that because Michigan and, and Virginia, both these teams came out filing and with a ton of physicality and a ton of grit and a ton of fight. The battle in between the boxes in this one was fantastic. The ground ball battles were fantastic. I mean this game again, it's not a perfect game, right? It's it's February tenth. You're not gonna play a perfect game, game one. Uh you, you wanna play your best across in May. These teams are both developing and, and 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 are kind of you know, the the little babies of what they're gonna be and what they wanna be by the time May hits. So not a perfect game by any stretch. You had some miscues by Virginia, some miscues by Michigan, throughout this game, in including in between the boxes, but this game was was physical. These defenses were out for blood, especially early on. Like the defensive battle early in this game was really really good. Now, I say that to say this about Michigan. I'm not really looking at Michigan any. I'm not looking at Michigan a a a a ton. Differently because of this game. Because, first, I picked Virginia to win this game, and I expected Virginia to win this game. I maybe expected it to be a bit closer than it was, uh, but it did not surprise me to see Virginia do what they did today. And I think Virginia would do that to many, many, many other teams in the country. Not named Duke, Notre Dame, maybe Maryland, maybe Hop. I don't know. Like, the the rest of the top five, top six, whatever you want to say, I think would hang with this Virginia team, and this would be a very close game. Michigan, for my estimation, not a top five team. Michigan, my estimation, not a top ten team. Now, I believe it was U- USA or I think it was, or U.S.I.O.A. or whatever. Had them at you know, number eight, and was pretty high on Michigan. And I, I, do think Michigan could, you know, inch into that top ten, creep in at some point this year. But, for my estimation right now, and coming in from the preseason, did not look at them as like a top ten team. Very good team to be sure, but not, you no, know, they're not in that. Ne- they're not in that top two. And, and Virginia is in that top two. And we've talked about this. I think Virginia, Notre Dame, Duke is is kind of that top two. I think you no, know, Maryland Hopkins kind of exists, and we'll talk about them here in a, in a little bit on this podcast. Exists kind of this next tier of kind of, I think they can get to that next spot, but I want to see. those question marks there still with those teams. Um, Michigan, I think, is you know, below that, right? Uh, still very good. Potential to make the NCAA tournament for sure. Potential to make a run in May. Potential to. It'll be dangerous to stay in the Big Ten as they were last year, um, and, and they showed that today, and they showed a ton of fight, and showed a pretty good amount of production from some of these transfers. Uh, you, you had Justin Tuning with three goals in, in this one, a hat trick. There, uh, Michael Ben, the top returning, scored two goals and one assist. Uh, the 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 one thing that did for me kind of raised some eyebrows, was the battle at the faceoff dot. We had talked about what's Virginia going to do coming th- into this game at the faceoff dot. Well, what they did was they had Anthony Gobriel go out there, and he played fantastic. 15 for 23 on the day. That's 65% at the dot against Justin Wheatfield, uh, who, who, again, very good, very capable faceoff man for Michigan. Matchup wasn't his today. Gobier Did fantastic in his debut for the Cavalier's. DeSouza went 0 of 1, so he got the one draw there. Thomas Colcucci, the Colgate transfer, went 6 for 8, so a good day for him as well. A good day overall, 21 for 32 at the dot for Virginia. All three of those guys who took draws were newcomers. And speaking of newcomers, speaking of great debuts, we have to talk about McCabe Norton. Five goals in his first collegiate game. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Arrived, met the expectations, won his matchups, met expectations today in game one for what we thought he could be, what we thought he was going to be once he got to the college bubble. And I and, and, and I'll say this, with McCabe Millen in there, you also had Ryan Calsey, he had a goal in there as well. Jack Bowden. Two goals, three assists as well. The Tufts transfer. These guys. What well, Connor Schlemmer had two goals today. I a year ago, two years ago, Connor Schaumberger might have had five goals in this game. This Virginia offense, and we talked about the preseason, is so so deep, so deep, and they showed that today. You are two guys with five goals. Schlemmer with two. Jack Bowden with two goals and three assists, and and again, he started at midfield along with Schutts and and Ryan Calzi. One goal, one assist for Schutts, a goal for Calzi. You had Joey Terenzi, who's a two-way midfielder kind of guy. Very good defensive midfielder. Had the first goal of the season for them. He also had two assists. Will Corey with a goal, as well as Ben Weir. Fantastic day across the board. For this Virginia offense. The pit game was rocking early on in this one. Michigan had a lot of miscues there. It's like they were afraid to slide um, at, at times in this game. Very good game for Virginia. Took advantage of every single thing that Michigan gave them. And it wasn't just, you know, run and and type across that we know Virginia can win at. We know Virginia is very good at. We saw that early on, especially with that to Lindsey. Goal! That first goal, John Schroeder, another great debut. If you want to talk about that, you know, Red Schroeder last season comes in this year. I think what he have uh, had the stat sheet up here just a second ago. Fantastic day for him. Three caused turnovers, five ground balls, one assist. He was on. He got the Ryan kellen matchup, held him to one for five shooting on the day. Uh, had that cause turnover that led to that first goal. Highlight reel check there on over the head check on uh Cohen. Fantastic day for Virginia here across the board. And especially with this offense you can at, 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 at uh uh McCabe Millen and and Jack Bowden, two, you know, highly touted, you know, incomers, the you know, freshmen and transfers. But then also when you look at you know Peyton Cormier, five goals one assist as well, he did fantastic getting open getting his hands free and again I mentioned Michigan's defense had some miscues they did, uh on the pit game and you saw that that I think the most egregious one was probably on the 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 first goal I believe it was, well he comes from the restart from the far left corner it was a pick and I don't think a single soul slid to him. He just has a wide open goal. Uh so a lot of miscues there for Virginia for uh, for Michigan defensively and, and credit to Virginia for taking care of that. Credit to Virginia for getting it done there offensively and, and you know, nineteen goals in your opener against a very good Michigan team. A Michigan team that I've said again is gonna have the potential to make a run in May. Fantastic start here for Virginia and its offense, but the thing I want to talk about mostly, I think the thing that impressed me the most, like coming into this game, I knew coming into the season, I I talked a lot about this Virginia offense and how good it was going to be and and how great I thought they could be, and the reason why I picked my, in the preseason, I picked Virginia to win the national championship. Why did I do that? Because of this offense. Now the one kind of question mark I had here was, how good is this defense going to be? Because you know, you knew you expected you no know, Matt News to step up and, and you expect him to continue to improve as this season goes on. Um, he had thirteen saves a day on this one, fifty six percent save percentage. Um but this this defense, this close defense in particular, you know, lost some pieces obviously. Uh, still had Cole Castro no back, you know, towering no defenseman there. Uh but they started George Fulton, they're at close as well as John Schroeder, who I just mentioned. And Schroeder, again, had a great day. Great debut, start here for Virginia, holding Cone to one goal. I think he had three assists on, on the day, though. Actually. Uh, one goal, three assists, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Cone had. And then you also had George Fulton. Uh, very good day for him as well. Four ground balls, two cars, turnovers. Cole no two ground balls, two caused turnovers. This Virginia uh defense overall, Virginia team overall, uh had a a a, a boatload of caused turnovers in uh this one twelve on the day. Uh how many turnovers did Michigan have on the day? They had sixteen. So all but four of Michigan's turnovers were caused. By Virginia, um, really a, 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 a an impressive day, impressive showing here for the Virginia defense uh, from Noons and Cage to you know, Schroeder and Fulton to to you know younger and uh, less experienced guys stepping in there and showing what they're made of, winning their matchups to an extent there, and obviously Kastner continuing to do what he's done uh, for. Those used now, uh, just an an absolute all out all around great showing here from Virginia, and I wrote in my my in my weekly column that'll be coming out recap whatever you will call it that'll be coming out by the time most of y'all listen to this. I said you know Virginia played every bit of a top. Three team on Saturday, and they absolutely did. And that's why they won this game. That's why they're going to continue to win games if they continue to play like this. Virginia, you know, up next, they've got Richmond. Ooh, that's not going to be easy. That's not going to be easy. Uh, we, we saw what Richmond did against uh, Maryland last week, and you know, Richmond today, what they do? 23-7 to against Robert Morris. Now, uh, they going to do that to Virginia? No. Uh, but 23-7 against anybody. Impressive day there for Richmond. Impressive day and a loss a week prior to Maryland. Um, but Virginia's going to have their hands full next week. They, they've got Richmond, they've got Ohio State, they've got Johns Hopkins. Those are three teams that are going to bring everything at them. That Hopkins game, obviously a rivalry game. Ohio State, we've seen what their defense has done. These past two weeks, they beat Cleveland State today, pretty easily. Started a bit slower, but you know, it it'll be interesting to see how Virginia progresses and and will they go from here? Because this was a phenomenal, phenomenal opener here for for uh, Virginia in this one. Uh, again, from Millen and, and Cormier to. You know, they're in the settled six-on-six sets, six. what they were able to do there. Transition de- uh, offense, this defense getting stops, taking advantage of every little nick and cranny that they could f- from this Michigan team. Um, Just really, really impressive, impressive day for Virginia. And really, uh, again, not at all surprising the, the, the way in which they won this game. Maybe not what I thought we would see, but again, not surprising in the way that Virginia played today, especially so on the offensive end. But that defense, again, proved something to me, at least today. We'll see if they continue to do it. That really, really was the most impressive aspect of this win for me today for Virginia was their defense and their success at the faceoff dot moving on to uh, another game here where a team impressed offensively um Penn State responds pretty pretty strongly to that loss last week to Colgate they bounced back in a in a big way 18 to 10 win over Villanova um I went back and I didn't watch this game in its entirety. Uh, but I did watch the start and I went and I watched every single one of these Penn state goals and watched every Villanova goal in here at least. Um, I, I do think it's interesting though, and, and you did see this in in watching this game, is Justin Coppola won the face off battle in this one against Chase Mullins. So Coppola won the battle at the dot. Villanova won the battle at the dot there with with, with Coppola. but it didn't really matter at the end of the day because, and I want to start off with this, Villanova, and we talked about on 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 Thursday's preview show how much they had to replace Villanova did, and I still think you no, know, this is game one, Villanova can. Turn things around here for sure. It's like Penn State, turn things around after last week, but there was a lot of, a lot of, I don't want to say complacency. But I don't know another word to put it. It's, it's not complacency. It's just staleness. Um, that the, the offense kind of was was dry for this entire game. Um, and and, and the defense, even like I mean, this defense. Is like, has some guys that returned from last year that were pretty good last season. Um, you know, David Evanchek, Lee Colwell, two guys that you expect to be able to you know, put up a, a presence against some of these Penn State offensive uh, talents. Penn State, I think the first, what, three, four goals in this game, I mean, they, they come out, they score within the first minute and change of this game. And then they they come right back just two minutes later. T.J. Malone with a goal. There, T.J. Malone had another one, and then another one first half, ha- uh, first quarter hat trick for him. There, uh, he ended the day two goals, uh, three goals, two assists on the day, uh, for him. Matt Trainer with six goals in the day. All of his goals except for one came in the second half. Uh, Villanova, like they couldn't. They couldn't match up with this Penn State team. Penn State came out filing on all cylinders. They came out angry. They came out mad. They came out pissed off after that loss last week. And you saw that. 18-10 win here for Penn State. Villanova, again, a lot to place, and and, and and today did not give me any hope. If like, if I'm a Villanova fan and I'm watching this, you still know there's a long season. You still know May is a long way away. But I'm watching this one and then even watching, you know, Georgetown and, and, and Denver and what, what they've done, I'm not I'm not so sure. I'm I'm confident that we can compete with that. Um Colin uh Michener had a good day for them, four goals. I believe he had the first goal of the day, which and I'll say this, that first goal that he had, I said, Oh, this this is gonna be a game You know, he got off on that one. Uh, not not fire um, facing on he got facing on him that one. Okay, maybe there's something to this. in you know, The Penn State defense a little lax again. We'll see. Now that that didn't happen once that a goal like that didn't happen. You know that I can remember throughout the rest of this game. Mitchino did have four in this contest, and quite good for Villanova. Uh, they um, just a a really dominating. They stomped him. I mean, really, they they stomped them. Um, Penn State did in in this one. They came out fast, got up fast. I mean, this was a game that was what. At the half, it was ten to two. Uh, it made it thirteen to early in the third quarter, midway through the third quarter. Uh, really, Penn State got up in this one, and, and and they never looked back. Uh, they 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 never ever looked back. I mean, it was two forty one to go in this game when Villanova got to double digits. Um really a fantastic showing view from from Penn State. Still a, a lot they could work on in um, this one. I, I think the clearing game missed six clues. That's something I still uh, looked at from Penn State. I took away from this game from what I saw and said, you know, well, no, you know, against some other teams, they might have some trouble with that. Um, but just all around looked a lot better. Um, Villanova was 26 turnovers today, Over 4 on the man-ups, so a good man-down uh, man defense success there for Penn State in this one. Penn State, something I had here, I mentioned the 1v1 matchups, they won a lot of them, and really, I mean, a, a lot of those, I think, first five, six, seven 6, 7 goals were uh, was a couple transition goals in there, but most of the ones, like in the sets, settled 6-on-6 six six situations, just beating the man, just winning a matchup, and. Initiated a lot, in votes things like that from behind the cage with X. Great day here for for Penn State. Uh, as they get that win there, uh, Penn State. You know, now goes into a stretch here where I think they've got two games that are winnable, and two more games that are winnable in at Stony Brook and at Navy to in the month of February, and then you've got Yale, Cornell, and Marquette before you get to, uh, Big Ten play. Marquette beat Penn State last year. Don't forget that. It's another neutral site game, so you know even if Marquette to that point, Marquette did did what they did to uh and Wood on Friday, even with that one even if Marquette doesn't end up being to that point what we think they could be, they've been pretty good so far in, in, in two games. Don't don't count that one out, but you know Yale Cornell, obviously. You know two teams that can score the ball, two teams that can run with this Penn State team. Uh, playing at their best. Um, still, I I would have you know concerns for Penn State in many respects, especially defensively. Um, without Posey there, uh, but you know th- I think maybe Stony Brook, these next two games, we'll see a bit more how this Penn State team looks and how it operates. You. Great offensive day for them, here in this one, and, and, and great day. I, I did not mention it, uh, though, but in this one you did have in cage, and I can believe I just uh already shut this box full off you, uh, but in cage you did have you uh, Jack Flayson with fourteen saves in this one, so. A uh, good day for him. The Villanova uh, did not shoot the ball uh, very well uh, in this one. Uh, Penn State did forty-seven percent on the day, sixty-three percent of the shots on the cage. Again, a great offensive showing here for Penn State. A great bounce-back win for them. Um, last kind of little game I want to dive into here. Maryland and I say a little game in the game that we're not gonna spend a ton of time talking more in depth about here. Maryland eleven, of four. Um, things you need to know about this one, and this is the, the I went back and watched this one in its entirety. I wrote really one note down here on, on this sheet of paper here. We got more on the computer here, but one note I wrote down here. Maryland won every matchup. Maryland won every matchup. That's true. That's true. 11-4. I think what you saw today was, again, a defensive performance from Maryland that won them this game. Um, And Luke Wheelerman, 76%, helped a lot. I saw Charlie Toomey's comments after this game saying, this game wasn't, he didn't think this game was won and lost at the faceoff dot. He thought they played defense well enough to win the game, essentially, and that he thought this offense and it going, you no know, stale is really what hurt him. And I, I don't think he's necessarily wrong about that. Um... We've been going 76%, and giving that offense, giving that Maryland offense the amount of opportunities they had is a big part of this game. And look, you had 10 different goal scorers on this day for Maryland. They showed their offensive depth a ton in this one. And I think they also showed, once again, like this is an, a Maryland offense, much like last season, That I'm not sure you have a... Uh, cue blade, a, a true quarterback you, but you've got a lot of guys that are really good and a lot of guys that can step up on any given day and make plays for you. And they might not make, you know, you might have a guy, though Maltz had two goals today. He might have one goal each of the next two games, but will show up sometime in in, in April and, and have a hat-trick or a five-goal game. Like, Alex Van had one goal to assist today. He might take a step back the next week, and then, boom, pop back right back out again. Here, might have Malva go for a hat-trick or whatever next week against Syracuse. Like they've got so many guys here that are interchangeable and that, not interchangeable, but that can do many different things and can score from all over the field. Um, offensive depth is truly what Maryland showed. In this one, I think it's a lot of what they have. Um, top, top top-end talent can beat you. Like, they don't have, I don't think there's a Matt Rambo or Jared Bonehart on this team. But there's a lot of guys that combined can make this offense just as efficient as we've seen when they had those big-time starts. Um, this defense, however, I think was the most important thing today. Um, so McNaney had 12 saves on the day in this one. With a, I can't remember what his save percentage was. Let me pull that up here real quick. But McNaney, 12 saves on the day, 75% save percentage for him. In uh this one, he played 5807 in this contest. So 58 minutes and seven seconds. Royal was shot um 12% on the day. twelve percent. Loyola four goals, four for thirty one. That's twelve percent shooting on the day. Uh that comes after one week where they shot forty three percent and put up eighteen goals against Georgetown. Maryland held Loyola scores for thirty five minutes of play, roughly. Six thirty four mark through the in the second through the one fifty three mark of the fourth. So they went Almost like a third of this game without scoring a goal. Um, not a good day offensively for Loyola. Uh, piss poor day for Loyola offensively. Horrible day for Loyola. Offensively, you can mark it up to there. Um, who was their kind of savior a week ago? Evan James. He had nine points. He had none today. He had none today. He was O for 0. Uh, he took one. He took two shots. Took two shots. This loyal offense. Uh, I'd mentioned in the pregame, the uh, uh, pregame, the the uh, preview show on Saturday uh, on on Thursday for Saturday. What was the matchup? I I mentioned in there, and it was, can this loyal offense get what they want and kind of dictate what they want and take advantage of Maryland's defense. That ended up not being the case. And I, I didn't think it would. It ended up being the case. And it ended up being the case even worse than I thought it would be. I I thought this game would be pretty close, like around halftime. thought Maryland would eventually pull away because they're the better team, they're the more athletic team, they're the bigger team, more physical team in many respects. And because of the advantages I think they have, Face off. Dot in the cage, um, but Oiler just looked. I mean, I don't. Did they even show up offensively? It 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 didn't look like that to me. For for many times watching this game, uh, Luke Stout played pretty well for them in cage. The fifty nine percent save percentage, sixteen saves. me um, again, this Millen offense, they got what they got, but they they weren't they weren't world beaters by any stretch of the means. You had ten goal scores on eleven goals. It shows your depth there, but again, this is a team that I said doesn't have like the guy. They don't have a, a true quarterback, a, a true kind of alpha. Maybe you want to say that way, um, but they get the win here, and it's it's a it's another win that I would chalk up to uh, good defense. And I'm not sure if we're going to be saying that uh, for every Maryland game this year, but. The first two games, you can definitely chalk up to uh, good defense and, and, and credit to Logan McNaney and Cage and, and they're super glad to have him back. Uh with that one. Two really good games here from him, uh against Richmond last week and then this week against Loyola as they went eleven to four in that one. Uh one game I did not get to watch because I do not have flow sports. I do not subscribe to that. Um Big Ten Plus, I'll watch. ESPN plus, I have that. ACC network, all, all that stuff. I'm not gonna subscribe to no Flow Sports crap. Um, not doing that. Uh not showing out that money for that product. Uh but w- would have liked to watch this Hopkins uh Georgetown game, but you can see the highlights and, and you can see some things in there. Um I didn't get to watch this one again, but Garrett Degnon four goals on the day here. Uh, Jacob and Jellis two goals and two assists as Hopkins beat Georgetown 11-9. And what I hear was a defensive battle. And what I read in this box score um, in some of these recaps, what do you want to say from this game from, from both these sides here? Um, big day defensively for Hopkins, keeping things, you know, tight there and, and, and keeping things in there, uh, keeping them in this game, keeping them ahead. And then Logan Callahan, another, I mean, if, if we're going to have, like, a surprise player, a breakout player for February, Logan Callahan, you've got you got my attention, and and, and you've got, you know, looking out here, could be the surprise guy, player of the month for February. He's done fantastic for Hopkins here as they start 2-0. 2-1 uh, on the season, 62% on uh Tuesday night against Towson, 65% at the dot today against Georgetown. He had nine ground balls in this one. Great day for him. Again, didn't get to see that game, so I don't want to speak too much about it, but looks like a solid win here for Hopkins. From, from what I hear, Georgetown looked better. Georgetown looked improved in some areas, but still... Uh, quite a ways to go. And, and, and look, they've got two games, to, to two tough games coming up here at Penn, at Notre Dame. That's a tough stretch. They could be 0-4 heading into uh, the month month of March, heading into that game against Brown, and they've got High Point and Dartmouth and Richmond. After that, and then you start your, your Big East play, it, it might be another rough start here for Georgetown Um, where they're figuring things out, where they're getting into the rhythm. I don't know, either the sky could be falling or that they they, they could be revving the engine. We'll have to see next week and and, and the week after. I don't think that's going to... The next two games aren't going to tell us exactly which one it is, but might give us a better idea of what it could be here with uh, Georgetown. I side right now more towards they're the engine. Because there's a ton of talent there. There's a boatload of talent there. A lot of young guys, as we mentioned last week, I think they'll eventually kind of come around and, and, and be who we think they can be in the Big East. Uh, but against some of these other teams and, and, and here in the early season, not looking too, too hot there. Uh, some other games I want to mention really, really quickly before we get into this last one. Denver, 11. Air Force Nine. I didn't watch that one. I haven't looked too much into it as of yet. Uh, but it does strike me. Uh, you know, Mick Kelly, three goals, two assists, Noah Manning, a hat trick, JJ Sil Silstrop, S- 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 two and one, Richie Connell, two goals on the day there. Um, Kaylin three goals, one assist for Air Force, Josh Iago, one goal, three assists for Air Force as well. So it 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 strikes me as an interesting game here. Uh, Clebon, f- From what I uh, saw on 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 Twitter from the Denver account, from people tweeting about this game, Clebon played fantastic. Four, uh, fourteen uh, percent, fourteen saves on the day, sixty-one percent save percentage. Stathakis wiped the mat at the dot, seventy-one percent there. Uh, uh against Nap, uh, Fire and and Bardock all playing, all taking draws there. Uh, Atari Fire utility D mid guy uh, freshman uh, took one attempt and then Bardock Long pole took five. Uh Jake Knapp took 18 eighteen one six so thirty three percent there but interesting score line in that one. Uh Rutgers beat Stony Brook sixteen to twelve in this one. Uh Lost Scott thirty three goals three goals, three assists for six points. Jack Amone four goals uh, Tanner Clutch matcher, um 3 goals, 1 assist I know I butchered that name I had it written down here somewhere how to say that name but I'll find it and we'll, we'll collect that on the next podcast we'll talk a bit more about what goes on on Tuesday uh, Shane Knobloch, 2 goals and 1 assist An- another good kind of depth of scoring here for for Rutgers in this one uh, Carlton Stoller hasn't been looked fantastic in cage for them, but through Lehigh and through Stony Brook, um, in terms of his stats, I haven't like, popped out there, but we'll see how things go there. Um, it does appear to me though that Rutgers has addressed their faceoff woes. Rams and Sutar coming in from Utah and Monmouth, respectively, have been pretty good so far, and that one. I uh, want to shout out NJIT starting two and zero on the season 16-15 win over uh, in overtime actually over a, a pretty good Siena team so uh, that that one uh, took me by surprise in that one they obviously beat Saint John's last week in a pretty close one uh, Bryant beats Providence thirteen to fifteen that's actually one I'm gonna go back possibly and see if I can check out what happened in. And that one interesting one there in the Ocean State, Hackett, Longsinger, uh, Groninger, all productive days for them there. For Bryant, uh, who a uh, pretty, pretty dang good team that, that I picked. Uh, I picked them to win the American East uh, once again here in 2024. Very well could do that. Uh, scanning the score, scores from today here. North Carolina 13 5 win over Mercer. not too much to say there. A slow start, but uh got it done. Logan McGovern, three goals, four assists for seven points on the day. Dewey Egan, two goals on the day. Uh Don Petromala, one goal, one assist in his uh debut for Carolina. Uh eleven ten over Sacred Heart. Merrimack starts two and oh. And not too much else, want want to get to on here. Oh, want to mention this real quick. Uh We'll talk a bit more about this on, on Tuesday, because we'll talk about Boston U on Tuesday. 18-8 win over Vermont. Go 2-0. Another great win there for uh, Boston U. Let's get into the, the last game we have to talk about here uh, today, and that is what was the most, in, uh, the most entertaining game of the day? The best game of the day, I would say. Army and UMass Army uh knocks off UMass, beats UMass 13 to 12 in Atlanta. Really, really fun game, really exciting game, down to the wire. Uh, you have got the you know, Will Coletti kinda ices it late, if you will. Um, Bailey O'Connor with, with what becomes the you know, the game winner. they with one eighteen left. In this one and and I'll say this so my notes here written down from this game, which I just watched before we got on here. Um Matt Note was locked in for UMass, had a fantastic game for them as expected. He had 16 saves this one, he was seeing the ball incredibly well, made a ton of great stops as you would expect him to. Uh so he he was fantastic. I did think this UMass defense, especially early on, struggled covering this uh, Army midfield. When you look at the production they had and, and when you look at how they played, Bailey O'Connor, two goals in, in this one. Jacob Malin had a hat trick on the day. But Evan Plunkett held to uh, scoreless in this one to just uh, one assist. Finn McCullough, Joey uh, Stillings with one goal each on this one. Uh, They're of the second line, two-way uh, midfielders, whatever you want to say there. Deeper depth pieces there for Army. Um, Defensive battle early on. Defensive battle throughout most of this game. Uh, 13-12, maybe not the score line I, I expected from here, but knew it was going to be good. New was going to be tight to an extent. I picked Army to win this one. Army wins this one. Great win for Army. Another game, just kind of for the A-10, that kind of is, is 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 taken away from them. If so, Richmond last week and then UMass this week, the A10 could have two top ten wins if 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 this doesn't happen. If if Army doesn't pull away and if Maryland doesn't pull away or win in overtime, win late. Both these games were won late. The A10 could have two top ten wins. That's I think this says a lot about UMass, a lot about a lot about Richmond. A lot about the A10 is good confidence. Um, are they going to beat top ten teams? Oh no, but good confidence in general uh, this season, and they've showed it so far. Um, another thing I want to mention here about UMass for a second before we get into Army. Here, I mentioned the kind of being able to cover that Army midfield, and Army o oh, in this game was able to kind of get into a rhythm there offensively to an extent um slower start defensive start really for both these teams, but Army able to get into things and, and won some of those matchups there at the midfield. Able to get get free. Jacob Moran had a you know insane you know, gets underneath there. Uh you know, toe drag, score, fantastic. Tried to do it again, didn't work, but did it one time. Um and it was pretty good looking goal that he had there. Stung one from the outside. Army's ball movement early on in this game looked pretty good. UMass with some newer guys there defensively alongside you know, Jake dulock you know, and Owen Quinn, uh Chance Cook there getting the start there alongside Jake dulock and you know Matt Noten Cage, obviously. Um one thing I did notice, one thing I did like about this UMass team and and, and, and I did say in the preseason, watch out for UMass is their depth at the midfield. So, uh, you had Grant Breo with three goals in this one. You had Kaylin Lewis with two goals and one assist. Connor Foley, one goal. Matthew Carlurigo, one goal. Um, And then you had O'Leary. Shane O'Leary had one goal as well. A ton of depth of scoring from UMass in this one. And... Uh, uh Bleyo and O'Leary, guys that were playing both ways the entire game. Like they played probably seventy five, eighty five percent, if not more, of this game. Really, really liked what I saw out of those guys. Really liked what I saw out of that UMass midfield unit and and just the depth they had there. Not only offensively, but both ways, and how they able to u- how they were able to use and utilize those guys. As two-way contributors there, um, a lot of good things to say from UMass in this one. Um, The area that this game was lost in, and I don't want to say it was lost at the face-off dot, but certainly, and I have this written down, Army does not win without Will Coletti. And I'll repeat that. Army does not win this game without Will Coletti. They don't. They don't. UMass was up 10-7 to with 10-18 left in this game. And what happens? Jackson Eichler, goal. Finn McCullough, goal. Ryan Nixon, goal. Jackson Eichler, goal. Eichler, new guy there offensively at attack. Got the start for Army. Big day for him. Like what I saw from him, we'll see how he progresses. But you had four straight goals here. That gets Army up 11 10. Now, Shannon Shannon really strikes back, ties things up again with 157 left. But then what happens? Bailey O'Connor goal, and then Will Calotti goal with one with 37 seconds left to uh, really put the icing on the KQ. Grant Breo gets one with eleven seconds left, but Army able to, you know, run things out there in the end. Um, I mentioned UMass was up ten to seven. Well, after that goal, you had Will Coletti uh wins the face off on a violation, and then they go down and on that possession score Jackson Michael. Coletti wins the next one, and you have a score within a minute from Army again, and then you've got a Colletti win and then a score within seconds there from Coletti to Nixon. Um and then you get another win from Coletti. Now big safe Matt Matt Note denies the lead at that point, but three minutes later, Army gets a good clear. They put one away. Eichler get up and now UMass able to even things out again, and, and you think, okay, possibly have an overtime here, 157 left, 11-11. Coletti wins the faceoff. Army calls that timeout. Bailey O'Connor coming out of that timeout. Gets a fantastic split dodge. Left-handed, right there, away. And at that point, and, and then Kaladi you know, wins it, takes it himself, scores at that point, even when O'Leary put that one in with a couple seconds left you said, Okay, there's still time on the clock. You knew. Army's iced this thing out. Army's won this game. They've toughed it out. They've grinded it out. Um and it was it was a grinded out kind of game here for these two teams. Well Gross is a game of runs. We saw teams go on runs here in this game more than any this weekend. An absolute battle down there in Atlanta, but a battle that Army does not win. If it is not for Will Coletti doing what he did at the face-off dot to get them those extra possessions. He dominated Caleb Hammett in this battle. One other thing I do want to mention here, and I'm not going to... This is... I'm not saying this in a way to draw a because it's one game. But... Matt Chess, he looked good early in this game. He really did. But on the whole, was not what I wanted to see when a lot of other people, I think, wanted to see out of him in this game uh, for Army. He had seven saves and, made again, made some good saves, especially made some good saves early. But 36% save percentage on the day and, and seven saves in this one. Um is you don't wanna ask after one game like is it a cause for concern from Army? And coming into the season that was the biggest question there for them was in cage and was who who's gonna start in cage, right? And you had kind of three guys that were battling out for it and Chess had started two games last year when when, when Knox Dent was out when he was hurt and he played fairly well in those games, played really well in those games actually. Um but today, his first start of the season, his first time stepping in as the guy, not just you're here because someone told you. You're the guy. We've chosen you. You're the starter. You have to play at your best. We expect you the best. From you. He didn't look fantastic throughout the game. Again, started pretty good. I thought he was pretty poised early on in this game. Made two really good saves in the first quarter actually. Um two or three really good saves there, but on the day wasn't fantastic. Is it a cause for concern? I give Army the benefit of the doubt in that still at this point, because Army typically starts a bit slow sometimes in years, and Army also has great goalie play year after year after year. So I'm not saying at all that Chess can't, you know, come out next week against Rutgoose and kill it. I think he can. I think he very much can. Um he he could. He absolutely I would not be surprised if that's the case. Uh but not the best of days for him there in cage for Army and just one note by the most one more notable things for me, uh, from this game in uh this one. But again it. Fantastic battle between these two teams, and, and and looking out forward, looking ahead, just watching what these two teams do is is going to be exciting. Watching what you know, note does there with with UMass, really helping to carry this team even when they do have some down times. And there were times in this game where Army could have taken it, could have run away with things. It was five to three at the half, and Army was looking the ball movement. The offense was getting into the groove of things there, and note would come up, save, 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 and multiple stretches like that in in this game where things could have broke the other way, and they would have broke the other way if it was not for Matt note. So credit to him, credit to UMass for staying in this one, for getting the for getting that fire lit under them offensively in that second half to 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 get things going after they hadn't really been. Um, Doing that, they hadn't really been as good offensively and taking as many great shots or getting those good looks early on. But getting things going in the second half, taking that lead with an army, you know, again, with Coletti and with the way this offense can play, pulls things out there. And the army defense overall pilot those guys able to hold things down on the other end. And army pulls out the 13 to 12 there in, in Atlanta. Alright folks, that is it for today's episode. As always, you can connect with us on social media at World Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can listen to the World Bucket podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcast. You and also watch on YouTube as well. Crossbucket.com, Well, it's always for cross season. Have a great uh, rest of your weekend. Enjoy Super Bowl Sunday. We'll see y'all on Tuesday. Until then, God bless.